All right, there we are. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to the program. What's up? You know, all is well. It's been a busy morning, but you know, praise God, I am here. <laughs> I was laughing to myself. You know, uh, this is probably the last summer I'm gonna get before I gotta start earning some money. You know, doing doing the regular job. So I, I didn't wake <laughs> up till the crack of ten today. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> you know, with uh, with the work that you do as a realtor. Is it sort of a schedule hectic day or is it really up to you? You know, it's a little bit of both. You know, one thing about real estate, there is room for flexibility, but you really have to work it like a job. It is finding a framework and working it, whether that be nine to five, Monday through Friday. But when you really work it like you would do any job, you see the success happen for you sooner than later. Right. So yes, maybe some days I'm starting my day at one, but some days I'm starting it at eight in the morning. <laughs> well, uh, we crossed paths originally uh, while we worked together at Intercom, a group of radio stations. Uh, and, and I know you come from a uh, communication background, but not from yeah. uh, Indianapolis originally. That is correct. I am your New Yorker. You know, uh, coffee and hot dogs, water. There you go. Yes, originally yeah. from New York. <laughs> um, and what part of New York? So originally from Long Island, Freeport, Long Island, to be exact, Nassau okay. County, born and raised, um, and lived there all of my life until 2014. Okay, so what what brought you here of all places? You know, so uh, initially when I was working with corporate. Um, it, we opened up a branch here in Indianapolis. So that got me and my family out to Indy. Okay. So yeah, I did cool. it for the job. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing that I hear from New Yorkers, and I'm not making fun of you, I just want like context. Every New Yorker I meet, mm -hmm. take, you know, instantly, I'm from New York, man. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm all tough. You know, like, does there have to be an extra sense of toughness when you grow up in a place like New York? <laughs> You know, it's a great, that's a great question, Jimmy. What I will say is it definitely, I'm, I'm not sure if toughness is the word, but definitely tenacity um, and just having that confidence and believing in yourself because yeah. it's such a saturated state, meaning whatever you're doing times that by an extra hundred thousand, everyone is doing the same thing you're doing. So the question is, how do you separate yourself from the pack? How do you stay relevant? And how do you stay top of mind? So that roughness is really just that ambition to make sure we're constantly staying ahead of the pack and not falling to the wayside. So that saying, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. There's truth to that. So I think that's that mental toughness, but you definitely don't need to be a tough guy to survive in New York. You just got to be per a person who's ready to hustle, bustle, and have that, I'm going to get there by any means necessary, legally, of course. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, I, I come from the mean streets of Carmel, you know, so, uh, <laughs> but um, did, did you, while you were in New York, uh, originally from Long Island, you said, but like, um, were you more, were you living in New York City, I mean, downtown where all the hustle and bustle is, or was it more suburban like you would expect in Carmel? Actually, Freeport, Long Island would be equivalent to like your Carmel with respect to that suburban living. Okay. So assimilating to a Hoosier 
was pretty easy for me because I did not grow up in the city, you know, but my husband, he's originally from Brooklyn. So for him, it was a little bit more of a challenge, but really it was like for like um, the pace just like Indy, what, you know, New York was, Long Island in the early 90s. So I was able to fit in right away. Um, definitely, I will say Midwesterns or people from Indiana are a lot more friendlier. <laughs> but for the most part, culturally, it was very similar. Uh -huh. I can't speak for city living because I didn't grow up in the city. But when I think about Carmel and Nassau County, Long Island, very, very similar. So I was able to adjust right away. What about like food and culture? I worked with a gentleman from New York <laughs> who, you know, and he would tour with bands. He was the road manager for Crosby, Stills and Nash. And he would be like, whenever I show up in Indiana, it's, it's going to be a hamburger, you know, eight times out of 10. <laughs> Uh, I know that New York has, you know, an assortment of different stuff. So, I mean, from a culture standpoint, is the Midwest disappointing? <laughs> With the food, yes. Hospitality, <laughs> okay. no. But, you know, when I think about New York and everyone kind of has a similar perception of what it is, it, it's the melting pot, right? It's yeah. almost like everyone from New York is not from New York. You know, their parents are from Italy, Russia, you know, you know, the Caribbean. Right. So when I think about food, you have such a great variety that you can really expose your palate to a good amount of quality food. That was a shift, I will say, for Indy. Lots okay. more um, fast food places out here. But in New York, you have so much more mom and pop shops, right. Italian food, authentic Japanese food, Caribbean food. So I will say that is one great thing I missed. Of course, New York pizza. Um, I was going to ask about yeah. the pizza, yeah. Yes, uh, you would not be disappointed <laughs> in New York when it comes to food. Well, and I know it's hard to narrow down. There's probably a pizza shop, you know, every three doors. But uh, do you have a favorite <laughs> pizza that narrows it down? You know, I do. Gabby's Pizza uh, in Queens, okay. New York, off of Francis Lewis Boulevard, also known as Franny Lou. It okay. is delightful. So if you ever get to New York, make sure you stop by Gabby's Pizza in Queens, the food is to die for. <laughs> uh, what, what are the proper toppings for a hot dog? You know, I'm not really much of a hot dog fan, but for right. me, less is best and simple is key. So just give me some ketchup and mustard and I'm good. <laughs> All right. And of course, um, put it on a bun. <laughs> well, and, and you know me, I, or at least I thought I disclosed this to you already. Uh, my dad was a singer musician uh, in Indianapolis for a long time uh, and then my mom a published author so uh, they certainly weren't disappointed when I went into the radio tv realm to do something uh, in that in that field but uh, what did your parents do when you were growing up? So my father is uh, a physician so he's a doctor and okay. um, he had two practices in in New York one in Queens and then one in Hempstead Long Island so he practiced medicine all of my life, um, and I just loved his work ethic because he owned his own practice. So he was a businessman along with being a medical physician, family practice doctor. My mom, she was a stay-at-home mom, but yeah. she definitely had hustle bustle in her blood because I also remember moments of her um, dabbing into real estate. 
And I think that's how I transitioned from corporate into real estate by observing what she did. Uh, but that's what they did for a living. So I've always seen good work ethic, lots of believing in yourself and growing a business organically. Because I remember my dad growing his business and he was in practice for over 30 years before he sold his practice to a younger doctor. Wow. Um, and you said he, he was a physician. Was there pressure to be a doctor from, from your standpoint growing up in that house? <laughs> You know, um, it was never pressure, um, maybe a degree of disappointment, like why aren't you following in your father's footsteps <laughs> to take over his practice? But I always make the joke slash not really a joke that I'm a hypochondriac. So yeah. I did not want to get in the realm of medicine because I knew if I learned about something a week later, I'm going to convince myself I have it. So I knew <laughs> medicine was never going to be the walk for me specifically. Um, there were thoughts of one day becoming a lawyer. I actually did one year in law school. Um, okay. But again, that wasn't my calling. Um, but life would have it that even transitioning into real estate, we are doing real estate law. So while I'm not attorney young, I still am dibbing and dabbing in the world of law while dealing with real estate as a broker here in Indy. Now, in relation to your job, and forgive me for being so misinformed, but uh, what are your uh, typical responsibilities or, or goals for a client when he takes them on? You, my goal is to just listen to their needs. Honestly, you know, I wish I could say every transaction is the same, but it's not. Um, it's really listening to what your client wants and giving them such great experience. Because uh, my approach to building my business in real estate is to build it organically through referrals, family, friends, colleagues. Mm -hmm. So it is that much more important for me to listen to what my client is wanting respond appropriately, but take the actions that matches their needs. Mm -hmm. um, what qualifications or like certifications do you need to do this work? You know, um, you definitely need to have graduated from high school, you know, for the most part, that's my yeah. understanding, or um, I think at least 18 years of age. So that could either look like, I believe, a college diploma or something of its equivalent. Um, my degree, I did go to college, I graduated from Queens College. My degree is communications. Right. So as long as I'm gathering your age of 18, um, legal, you can get into the world of real estate, but you do have to take pre-licensing. Um, which is around 90 hours, and then you sit for your state exam and national exam. Mm -hmm. And once you pass the exam, then you become licensed and you have to renew your license every two years. Okay. So lots of studying. <laughs> um, so if you are a studious person, self-motivated and ambitious, it really is the career for you. But more importantly, if you truly enjoy helping people. That it really is a job of being a servant leader. Um, I, I remember you saying that uh, you went to Queens College to to do communication. Uh, thinking back to those days, uh, were you on the radio staff? I mean, what what were the different activities you took part in? You know, I wasn't in radio when I was in New York, and sometimes I do have regrets in that regards. Yeah. Um, I did have an opportunity to intern at Universal Records. And I just did 
sadly, you know, I know it might seem contradictory at the moment, but I did not have the level of confidence to pursue. So I shied away from interning. Um, don't know what my life would have been um, if I had taken on that internship at Universal Records. Right. Um, probably different than what I'm doing now. But to your question, I did not go to the radio avenue, but I did have some opportunities to intern with Universal Records that right. sadly I turned down. You know, wisdom comes too late in life. <laughs> if I could do it over again, I would have done it. It would have been a great opportunity. Um, at least I believe so, because I would have been on the public relations side okay. of Universal Records. I, I could totally see that. A&R, you know, that, that yes, would be good for exactly, you. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you would relate to this job because it's probably a lot of phone calls and a lot of being on your phone. Uh, at the time that you knew me, I was the producer for 1430, their afternoon drive show. And it was just sometimes hard to disconnect from your job. Do you ever feel like that with, with what work you do? You know, I have not experience that as of yet and I think that's because home ownership for me and my husband or my husband and I was not an easy task so when I inherit a client who is determined to owning a home or getting into the real estate business of investment I live and breathe it so it's something that I have not yet needed to turn off because I think it's just the passion. Right. I always say real estate is my passion, helping people no matter what their walk of life in to get into real estate is something I am passionate about. So I have not needed to turn it off and maybe that yeah. means it's the right career fit for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing that you hear in radio all the time is you have to establish your brand. I, I hate yeah. that word. Um, does it ever feel like you're not selling your soul, but kind of altering what you feel because it has to fit a certain brand? You know what I mean? You Well, you know what? I have not ran into that issue. And I believe that's because I'm choosing to build my business right. organically through family, friends, and referrals. Right. So when I think about my brand, I'm able to be my authentic self. You know, there's so many ways to grow your business in real estate. And I'm just choosing to take maybe the path of least, re well, maybe the most resistance. Right. Um, but I'm able to be me because if I'm working with someone, nine out of 10 times, I know them, they know me, mm -hmm. or whoever sent them to me knows them very well. So in turn, they've given them a scope of what I'm all about. Right. So I have never needed to water down who I am. I'm loud. I'm passionate. <laughs> I'm assertive because I don't want to use the word aggressive. I'm assertive. But I feel like I'm able to walk and breathe that because right. I'm choosing to build it organically. So I'm Shia Adrian Young. <laughs> <laughs> well. What, one thing that uh, radio has given me, or at least instilled in me, and I, I think it's probably the same for real estate, is when you work in media, you've got to be able to to network and introduce yourself, which is like intimidating to a lot of people, D just making it a simple introduction. But I, I imagine in your line of work, like that's that's secondhand now. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And, you know, the, you, 
there is no room of being timid. Now, yes, you want to be humble, right? And vulnerable because there's beauty in both humbleness and vulnerability. Right. Um, you know, so th that's how I see it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, you know, with um, the work that you're in, I I'm just curious because my dad was a master carpenter and could do almost anything when it comes to construction. Mm -hmm. Are you uh, able to do any kind of construction in relation to home building? <laughs> you know, that is where I draw the line. I kind of make the joke. Okay. I have zero notch of hashtag Martha Stewart. Like I don't, I'm not a handy girl, yeah. um, but I'm resourceful. So if you need that, I guarantee you, I will find it for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, and that's why I really believe in building relationships with people um, because that's really the nature of the game. If you're not the person who can fix it physically with labor, um, you definitely need to know who can. So I wish I had a little bit of that in me, but I don't, Jimmy, I don't. <laughs> it, well, it's, uh, I would be demo. Like that. that's all I could do. You know, if, it, if it's coming <laughs> down do to... That. Yeah. I mean, if it comes down to tearing it down, uh, I don't want to screw it up in the process of building it. That's that's the thing that um, dad and I would get blown away by watching HGTV and all these shows is that you might spend thousands of dollars on something and then it's not up to code or it doesn't meet inspection. Exactly. Right? It, it can definitely question the long run. Now, I will say this. I recently had the wonderful opportunity to volunteer with a local not-for-profit company here in Indiana called Neighborhood Links. Okay. And it basically helps people that aren't in a position to maintain their home in the way we would all want to for whatever reason. So yeah. I did have an opportunity this past Saturday to help paint the outside, the exterior of a home. And it was a nice experience. Um, I didn't realize I had that in me. So <laughs> yeah. that was probably the first opportunity I really had in uh, attempting to be crafty in my construction <laughs> ability. Um, and it wasn't bad. So I definitely look forward to volunteering more, especially that it's a local company here in Indiana that's looking to help people maintain what they probably work so hard to achieve home ownership uh painting is is in my wheelhouse too i, I can do that um you know <laughs> one, one thing that i'm proud of myself for uh I, I don't know how many folks do it i just started booking my own doctor's appointments so the concept of like okay. uh you know uh buying a home and having everything prepared is a little over my head what are some things that folks should have ready and should know before they even get into this with, with your help? I always say every homeowner in every, every future homeowner, I just say have that degree of mental toughness because it probably is going to be one of the hardest transactions in life, but it's attainable. And I would say just work on the piece of saving more and spending less, making sure your credit is up to par because you definitely want to make sure when you're shopping for a home, you have that pre-approval, especially in a market today where inventory is low and you can see a house maybe today at one o'clock and it could probably pend within the hour. You know, so yeah. I would say to anyone who's looking to purchase a home, 
meet, meet your lender, speak with them, let them know what your goals are, have that pre-approval in hand, find a realtor, hopefully it's me, someone that you trust <laughs> that you can ask those questions, just but be ready to ask those questions, be ready to have that pre-approval in hand, and just have that mental toughness geared up because sometimes it has its peaks and valleys. But the good news is with the right, I, I think with the right realtor and lender on your side, it really is attainable. It is attainable. Um, do you do you stage homes at all? Are you involved with that part of the process? You know, I, I, I don't stage homes. Um, okay. I've had the opportunity to work with colleagues of mine and give a helping hand. Um, you know, there goes that Martha Stewart ability again, <laughs> not right. really in my DNA as much as I do love to dress up and I love to be fancy, um, that my level of expertise is not there. Um, however, I can get a referral for you cause I am that right. girl. They, yeah. I am resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> so like quick follow-up to that, like who pays the cost of staging a, a home or is it just by order basically? You know? Usually it's not a bill that I pass on to my clients. I, I will say that. Okay. Um, usually I'm the one who's setting up the appointments for the photographer to take professional photos so that when I am listing your home and putting it on all the websites like Trulia, Zillow, Realtor.com, the home looks presentable. But I'm incurring those costs because I don't look at it as a cost. I look at it as an investment, right? The more you can satisfy your your client with professionalism, they have the confidence in you, right? So it's nothing I pass on to the client. It is a service I provide to my client. And I'll eat that cost because I know in the long run, I am giving them what they are seeking, exceptional service. And the goal is to exceed their expectations. Something too that I learned in radio and TV from my professor, he wore a suit to class every single day that I yes. saw. Uh, and, you know, he said it impacts my performance and you brought up your clothing. And I'm just asking for you, your individual mm. performance, your own confidence. Mm. I mean, I would imagine that like clothing and makeup, everything that makes you, you adds to uh, your performance professionally too. I agree. You know, there's a saying I've heard Deion Sanders say, say it, you know, when you look good, you feel good, you do good. You know, so personally, I believe you should walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Yeah. You always want to be in a place of putting yourself in the best light. And I naturally love fashion. You know, if I had more of that roughness exterior, like that New York mentality, I probably would have been in fashion because I enjoy yeah. it. Sure. Um, but I am definitely not your devil's wear Prada type of woman, uh, like Meryl <laughs> Streep was in uh, Devil Wears Prada. But I do believe you always want to look professional, presentable. It is the character, in my opinion, that opens the doors, but it's your knowledge that keeps those doors open. So yes, you should absolutely dress for success at all times because you never know where that opportunity is coming from. One of the uh, good interviews that folks should check out in the archives of this show is uh, when I talked to a hairstylist, Carly, who I went to high school with. Uh, and I'm, I'm just asking you, uh, you can disclose what you want, but it's pretty costly to pay for makeup and all that stuff. I mean, it's more elements yeah. than men have to worry about. I know that. 
it, it, it does it definitely has its cost i will say this though i am a jack of all trades and a master of many um and believe it or not i actually went to beauty school so okay. it yeah. does help having that under your belt too it helps cut down costs um you know yeah. so but again like any career what is separating you from the pack so while it can create an expense because you're right buying makeup getting my hair done that all does incur an expense but i also believe what you put in is what you're going to get out right. so you know investing in myself means i am investing in my business and when i can be at my absolute best then i can serve my clients at their absolute best um yeah. from a homeowning standpoint let's go back to that um yeah what uh what amenities are in popular demand right now you know i would say wooded floor or laminate flooring believe it or not uh, carpet was a thing in the past it's not that people don't like carpeted floors but you'll be surprised um when i'm doing showings especially like working with buyers if there's carpet on the main floor when you're walking in mm -hmm. they actually would say oh this house is lovely and what i'm going to do is i'm going to rip up the carpet and put wooded flooring mm -hmm. or laminate flooring so that is something that i see pretty much trending at the moment a lot of people love wooded flooring not really too much carpet and if they are doing carpet, they would prefer that being in their bedroom. Open concept is a big thing too. They wanna be able to walk in the home and have a grand gathering room. And usually that's the kitchen. So I always tell people, especially with a, my, a client of mine who's looking to sell, make sure you're putting some value in that kitchen and the bathroom, because those are usually the selling pieces of a home. People yeah. want to have a beautiful kitchen because that's where they're going to congregate the most. People want to have a lovely bathroom and people want wooded floors, even if it's a faux wood like laminate, but right. they really don't want too much carpet. What would you say is the most frustrating part of your job? Uh, you know, huh, I would say losing control. <laughs> uh, you know, essentially, as realtors, we want to be the orchestra. Like, we want to make sure we are moving everything in the right direction, right? Because ultimately, the goal is to get our clients to the closing table and have an easy close. But sometimes things can present itself that you weren't hoping to happen or expecting to happen. So I would say that's the biggest challenge. You know, you go on to contract for a home and then you get an inspection and then something pops up on the inspection that you did not want to see. So I think sometimes that can present its troubles when you feel like the you're getting closer to closing, but then something happens which allows you to have to take a step back but get creative enough to make sure there's a meeting of the minds to get everyone back on board. We had an investment property in uh, Irvington and oh, one okay. of the, one of the frustrating things for my dad, who again was a master carpenter was like the expectations of the client, which was, yeah. you know, every couple wants their house to look like it's ready for suburbia and Carmel. 
But a lot yes. of them are, again, a fixer-upper where an inspection could go wrong or you need to put some work in before it's a finished product, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the warnings you give clients all the time? <laughs> I, I No, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely do. Um, now, I will say, you know, a year or two ago, we were in this market where almost like if you snooze, you lose. So a lot of people were waiving their inspections. So we weren't really seeing as much of those delays, I would like to say, but you do set proper expectations, you know, and it's, but it's, I think it's setting the expectations and putting clients at ease, but most importantly, having a solution, you know, without creating anxiety too, because it makes no sense to open up Pandora's box if we don't have to travel down there. But it's always nice to let a client know, so here are the next steps. Now that we're under contract, we're going to order that inspection. You know, mouth to God's ears, everything is going to come back decent where there's minimal to zero um, conflict and moving forward. But if push came to shove and something came back, we have a protocol in place to still keep moving forward. But, you know, sometimes inspections can come back and a client isn't satisfied or not wanting to take on the risk. And it does, sadly, sometimes we call it kill a deal. And that has happened. So that is the nature of the beast. But I think once you keep that solution-focused mindset, we just move on. Just move on. And it usually still can get us to the closing table. And ultimately, that is what the client wants. And with... um. Indianapolis being a place for conventions and, and all that. Do you work in uh, commercial real estate at all or just home? Yeah. You know, residential. So yeah. commercial is not my forte, um, but one great thing, I mean, Tucker has lots of great things. Let me say that. I, I'm <laughs> actually with FC Tucker here in Carmel, um, but I don't do the commercial side. But if I do have a client that has expressed interest in commercial, we do have a commercial department. But I mainly focus on the residential aspect. So I'm really working with the client who is looking to sell their home, the client who's looking to buy their home. And I also work with the client who's looking for investment properties, the ones that want just the Airbnb or I call it the passive income because they just want a rental. Mm -hmm. And I I know I asked about work-life balance, but you feel like you've achieved it. I mean, what, what brings you peace when you're not at work? You know, my family, um, I am thankful and humble to say I have an amazing husband who is truly my cheerleader and two beautiful girls. One will be 12 next month and one that's seven. That really becomes my inspiration to keep at it and to find that work-life balance. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I you know, I know we use the term work-life balance, but I always say, can we really ever balance? It's just prioritizing, setting expectations, and then not bending. I mean, you definitely want to be flexible. I will say that, but um, truly my husband and my girls, they make it easy to have that work-life balance because life would have it that I married a husband, a man, who loves looking at houses. So, you know, he gets it. um, And I'm just thankful for that support. It just makes it easier. If in the event, like I can't attend a track meet that my girls are a part of, because they understand that it's time out for the moment for them, but it is for the better good. 
you know, I, I think of my dad every day, even though he's been gone since uh, September yes, of 2019. Uh, and I'm just asking you, since your kids are growing up on you, uh, do you notice yeah. your own personality in them? Oh my gosh, I do. Sometimes I go, <laughs> was I really like that as a kid? <laughs> um, I do see my personality a little bit in them. It's funny because my oldest, she has more of my adult personality, who I am today caring, genuinely loving. Um, but my little one, uh, I believe, has my personality when I was her age. Rambunctious, full of life. The kid that said, why, how come? Needing an explanation, calling you out, good, bad, or indifferent. So I do see their personalities um, manifesting um, in them that I kind of saw always told I was when I was a kid yeah. and some days it makes me laugh <laughs> some days I'm concerned but I have to remind myself that God is faithful he really does not make any mistakes setbacks are only setups for comebacks and when I keep that mindset going yeah. even when something doesn't make sense in the moment I remember God is faithful but it is really nice to kind of see my personality, even my husband's personality in these two beings God has blessed me to have. Well, and uh, you say your oldest is 12? Yeah, she'll be 12 next month, July okay. 6th. Cancer, um, baby. <laughs> the reason I'm asking, uh, she's coming up on like driving. Not, you still got some time. But yeah, like, I got a little time. But uh, <laughs> get, getting the license, you know, there's there's some milestones coming up for both of them. That'll be good, you know. Very much so, very much so. Um, I'm not yet prepared for it, but um, <laughs> you know what? When it comes, I, I will embrace it. All right, there we go. Um, Adrian, you're one of the most motivated people I know. Uh, oh, as far as God. other ambitions you got, uh, what, what are some things that you want for yourself in the future? You, you know, that is a great question. Um, you know, so I always tell people real estate is my passion but I have a company called Pretty Being, which is my purpose. Um, it's a company that is inspiring little girls, young ladies, and even adult women to embrace their God-given prettiness. Um, so prettybeing.com, that is what I do. And, uh, you know, the word pretty was definitely a word I wanted to hear when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, I didn't hear it as often, hardly ever, maybe never, believe it or not. Uh, so I'm now at this age and stage in life where I want my daughters and, and any other female I come in contact with to understand they don't have to wait for the world to tell them that they are pretty, that they just embrace it themselves because it really starts from within and then it's manifested on the outside. So that is something that I am striving to make an international sensation, <laughs> growing a business in real estate, helping people get into homes. Um, but also the the purpose to have people embrace their authentic self and live life brave, bold, strong. Forgive me, but like a life coaching kind of ordeal sort of thing? Um, you know, I've had people ask me, am I a life coach? And, and, it's, <laughs> and, and I'm not. Okay. But, you know, if that means pre-being is, is um, instilling positivity, then I'm here for it. You know, right. I am really here for it. What I definitely never want pretty being to be is something of being superficial. 
I really want it to be a place of embracing who they are and just owning it without waiting for someone else to validate it. Um, so that's kind of like the concept of the mission. But hey, if it if it's uh, motivation and 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 uh, coaching, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, the best piece of advice I've ever received, I would say, something my mom taught me to live life brave, bold, and strong. Uh, be brave to not live in fear nor be afraid. Be bold to let go, and just strong. You know, you have to have this mental toughness. You know, life is not a bed of roses, mm. but no. if you know that you can get up and give it a fair fight and try, I believe victory really is on the other side. Okay. So that is something my mom taught me from the time I was what, like three, four, live life brave, bold and strong. And it has not failed me yet. That doesn't mean, Jimmy, that I don't have my moments of doubt sometimes where I'm questioning myself, but literally I can go back to be brave, bold, and strong, and it gets me right back on the path that I need to stay on, even when it's uncomfortable. Love it. Uh, how can people reach out and connect with you? Uh, great. You know what? Um, my telephone number, social media. So, you know, you can always reach out at 317. 500-7994. That is my cell phone number. The best way to get in contact with me because I'm the flyest, oldest dinosaur. I still love to talk to people. Texting is good, but I like to talk. Um, with know, the accent, media. too. Yes, with the accent, of course. <laughs> um, yes, but, you know, and even yep. through social media, Adrian uh, Young at Facebook, um, even Instagram, Pretty Being, International, I'm also on LinkedIn, Adrian Young. Um, I have a website with Tucker, talktotucker.com, Adrian Young. So that's really the best way to, to get me. Cell phone, 317-500-7994 or through social medias. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, uh, thank you very kindly for being here. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you for having me, Jimmy. I am forever grateful for a platform to share what I love doing, which is putting people in that house or getting them onto the way of home ownership. Okay. So thank you for allowing me your time. Hey, uh, let's do it again down the road. Sound good? Praise God. Yes, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Folks, to hear this episode again, you can make your way over to linktree.com slash jbkonair. You can also get the show anywhere that you podcast by searching my initials, J-B-K-O-N-A-I-R. And if you feel so compelled, you can also donate to the show, all money going straight to me with the link in the description. Until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow.